Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hey, it's Nate, creator of Unspookable. I'm here to introduce our older listeners to Maxine Miles, an exciting new YA mystery from the creator of one of my all-time favorite shows, The Bright Sessions. Give this trailer a listen, and then go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new young adult mystery. Uh, Now, Maxine, I know you like to do your own little mystery solving, but this is a serious investigation. I need to figure this out. Sorry, kiddo, but you lost your curiosity privileges when you lied to me and went running headfirst into danger. Join Maxine Miles as she tries to solve a big case in her small town. About an hour ago, we discovered that Riley Stevens has gone missing. You think you're going to find Riley before the sheriff and community watch does? Whoever took Riley, whoever he's running from... It might all be over tonight. I mean, you're acting like this is entirely your problem to fix. It's not even a problem you can fix. And if I don't find him soon, something much worse could happen. But why does it have to be you? Because as we've established, we don't know who we can trust. Riley! And pay close attention to the clues, because when it's time to solve the case, it's up to you. I think I know what happened. Atypical artist Nyheart Radio present Maxine Miles, out now. Listen to Maxine Miles now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Soundington Media! If you didn't have a calendar in front of you, you wouldn't have even known it was December. The sun beamed down as wispy, sugar-white clouds drifted across the bright blue sky. The water below gleamed and glistened like glitter thrown on a canvas, painted navy blue. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that afternoon looked like it'd be full of possibilities. Lieutenant Charles Carroll Taylor certainly thought so. The 28-year-old U.S. Navy pilot settled into the seat of his trusty Grumman TBF Avenger plane for Flight 19. He scanned the space around his flight deck to make sure everything was ready to go two compasses, his radio and headset, and every other thing he'd become familiar with in his time as a World War II pilot. This wasn't Charles' first flight, not by a long shot. With almost three years of experience, he'd taken to the air and flown military fighter planes for over 2,500 hours. And now, his hard work and leadership would be put to the test. With a cargo of torpedo bombs in the belly of his plane, Charles would be commanding a squadron of five other planes and 13 other military crewmen. Their destination wasn't too far off, Hen and Chicken Shoals, a coral reef in the Bahamas, where he and his team of soldiers would drop their mock bombs. It was an ordinary naval exercise, a sort of practice to keep their flying and fighting skills sharp in case of another war. As the planes glided east along the Florida coast and zoomed out of sight, The men who remained at the base in the air traffic control tower settled back into their own chairs, waiting for the all-clear. There was only silence. But not the scary, loud sort of silence, but a calm lull. It was a good sign. Nothing was going wrong. 
Across the ocean, where the five Avengers' planes were soaring in formation, small gray clouds scuttled across the sky. Rain began to pitter-patter down in a light, easy drizzle. Then they heard it. Back at the base, Charles' words suddenly blasted out from the radio. Cannot see land. His words were short and sharp. We seem to be off course. One of the men in the tower grabbed the mic. What's your position? There was nothing but silence. Could Charles have taken a wrong turn? Was there a storm brewing outside? One of the men in the tower stood up and gazed out across the horizon. Nothing but clear, pale blue skies all around. Finally, Charles' words echoed out. This time, they were accompanied by a fizzy static. We cannot be sure where we are. Repeat, cannot see land. Silence and static filled the air before suddenly a new voice rang out. It sounded smaller, younger, and somehow much more panicked. We can't find West. Everything is wrong. We can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange, even the ocean. The naval officers and the tower began to search for the coordinates of the now lost planes. While speaking into their radios over and over again, with nothing but the harsh hiss of static answering them. Then, finally, the same voice as before. A voice that wasn't Charles cried out, We can't tell where we are. Everything is... Can't make out anything. His words were wobbly and uneasy and fractured. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. Then a stream of garbled words and noises and what sounded like a cry of terror blared through the mic, the fizzy static growing even louder. It looks like we're entering white water. The voice practically whimpered out. We're completely lost. And then, nothing. They were gone. The pilots and their planes were never seen again. I'm Elise Parisian, And we'll be talking about Flight 19 and other strange disappearances as we look at the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle on this episode of Unspookable. On the fateful December day in 1945, 14 airmen and five planes left the U.S. Naval Air Station in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and were never seen again. How could an ordinary training exercise, above waters the men knew so well, have gone so horribly wrong? The U.S. Navy was asking those very same questions. That's why, just hours after that alarming final broadcast crackled through their radio speakers, they rounded up 13 crewmen and a PBM Mariner seaplane. Once their radar stations pinpointed Flight 19's coordinates, the PBM set out an urgent search-and-rescue mission. They, too, vanished. Now six planes and 27 men were gone. Things were really bad. Dozens of U.S. Coast Guard, Navy, and individual military pilots 
took to the skies and to the seas. Over the span of five days, the search and rescue teams flew above and sailed through over 250,000 square miles of Atlantic and Gulf waters. There were no broken bits of propellers, no crumpled squares of metal siding from the plane doors, not even a single boot. There was nothing but open seas for hundreds of thousands of miles around. No trace of the Avenger aircrafts or the men flying them. What could be behind these notorious disappearances, such as Flight 19? Is it merely a coincidence that all these lost planes and the men piloting them may have flown over what we know as the Bermuda Triangle? The Bermuda Triangle is infamous for being a dead zone. As legends go, it's notorious for causing compasses to fail and radios, engines, and other technology or navigational devices to malfunction, sometimes with deadly consequences. It's rumored that as early as the 1500s, sailors were reporting strange activity in what's now considered one of the most supernatural locations on the planet. Are the Bermuda Triangle's waters a hotspot for alien abductions? Is there a glitch in the space-time continuum? Or could it be that the lost civilization of Atlantis, hiding in the dark, watery depths, is responsible for all the failing technology? The Bermuda Triangle is three points of land with, like, the United States and Bermuda. That's, like, uh, it forms a triangle, and it's in the Atlantic Ocean. And it is a triangle in the ocean where lots of shipwrecks and plane wrecks have happened and people have just gone missing in it and there's no scientific facts that prove of what's happening. People just flying over or driving through the Bermuda Triangle and just not coming back or like dying there. I've heard the same thing that boats drive in there and planes crash into there and then they're never seen again. Also known as the Devil's Triangle and the Hoodoo Sea, the Bermuda Triangle is blamed for the mass disappearances of aircraft and sea vessels alike. Let's start with the ships. According to some written history, one of the first victims of the Triangle was the British Navy ship, the HMS Atalanta, in 1880. Neither the ship nor any of its 281 crew and passengers made it to their Falmouth, England destination. A bigger loss came in March of 1918. The massive cargo ship, the USS Cyclops, left the island of Barbados for a nine-day journey across the North Atlantic Sea, headed for Baltimore. The Cyclops was a former U.S. Navy warship. It was carrying a load of precious manganese ore, a rock-like mineral used to make steel, and over 300 crewmen and passengers. The captain's parting words, weather fair, all well, would be his last. The Cyclops never made it to Baltimore. The ship, the cargo, and every living soul were never seen again. It was as though they'd been erased from existence. This might not seem like a big deal, but the thing is, before its disappearance, the Cyclops had eight whole years of successful voyages. A few years later, the Santa Fe magazine wrote, She just disappeared as though some gigantic monster of the sea had grabbed her, 
men and all, and sent her into the depths of the ocean. The suddenness of her destruction is amplified by the absence of any wireless calls for help being picked up by any ship along the route. In 1976, a 590-foot-long cargo ship, the SS Silvia Osa, was headed from Brazil to Philadelphia with iron and 37 crew members. It was believed to have last been seen around the Bermuda Triangle area before vanishing. U.S. Coast Guard planes flew over 8,200 square miles without finding the ship or any survivors. While Flight 19 is the most infamous disappearance, two other planes have taken to the air above the Bermuda Triangle, only to never be seen again. The Star Tiger and the Star Ariel. On January 30, 1948, the British South American Airways, the Star Tiger, an Avro Tudor IV warplane turned passenger plane, departed from the Azores Islands. Its 25 passengers and six crew members were headed for Bermuda. The plane never made it. There was no panicked final transmission, like with Flight 19 a few years earlier and no plane rubble or wreckage turned up, on land or sea. Almost exactly one year later, on January 17, 1949, another BSAA Avro Tudor plane, the Star Ariel, was carrying 13 passengers and 7 crew members from Bermuda to Kingston, Jamaica. Like its sister plane, the Star Tiger, the Star Ariel didn't report anything odd, or have an unusual final broadcast. A routine coordinates update, over 30 north at 937, changing frequency to MRX, were the last words heard from the captain piloting the Star Ariel. Search and rescue efforts found no wreckage or remains, human or machine. After unsuccessful investigations into the disappearance of the planes, British newspapers announced, it may truly be said that no more baffling problem has ever been presented. So what's happening? Supernatural theories abound. When it comes to paranormal happenstance in the Bermuda Triangle, aliens are the first that come up. For as long as people have believed in the mysteries of the Triangle, many have considered it a hotspot for UFOs. Dozens of reality TV shows, eyewitness accounts in magazines, newspapers and websites, and books all tell of the possibilities of interdimensional portals in the Bermuda Triangle. Paranormal investigators, and ordinary people alike, have spoken about seeing glowing, floating orbs and bright flashes of light streaking across the sky while in the Bermuda Triangle. If they are to be believed... They're a sign of extraterrestrials. The argument is that alien spaceships, with their intergalactic technology, are more than powerful enough to make gigantic ships and entire planes vanish. Glitches or rips in the space-time continuum could also explain the abrupt vanishings and how no wreckage or remains are ever found. This one is based in science, and we'll get to it in just a moment. Another popular paranormal explanation is that Atlantis is hidden deep beneath the waters of the Bermuda Triangle. 
The mythical Lost Kingdom has appeared in legends and lore as far back as 360 BC, when the ancient Greek philosopher Plato wrote about it. Plato's stories of Atlantis tell of a utopian civilization that existed 9,000 years before his time. It was a world of half-god inhabitants, known for its crystal-powered advanced technology. It was tragically sunk into the ocean when the gods lashed out at the Atlanteans, who'd become too ambitious and greedy. People who believe in the tales of Atlantis say that even though all the Atlantean people are gone, that their super-powered crystals still remain. That they are the unseen forces, scrambling compasses, and manipulating our flawed human technology into failing. Atlantean crystals could easily drain the power from the engines that ships and planes rely on, and then drag them down into the deep waters. In the summer of 1970, Ray Brown, a naturopathic doctor, was diving around the Bahamas in waters within the Bermuda Triangle when he said he came upon the ruins of Atlantis. He claimed to come upon a pyramid and that he dislodged a crystal orb from one of its columns. He took the Atlantean artifact with him as evidence. So, which of these theories is correct? Let's start with the aliens one. Humankind has been looking for evidence of extraterrestrial life far beyond the earliest written history. If you've ever wandered through museums with historical artifacts, or watched documentaries about old civilizations that are focused on ancient Egypt or ancient Mayan culture, just to name two, You've seen that humans have been exploring the possibility of aliens in their art and architecture for centuries, even before the BC era. While it may seem like the idea of UFOs and the little green men flying them are a new concept that's only been around for a few hundred years, the reality is that our galaxy and any possible inhabitants have been a mystery for as long as we've been aware of its existence. If you believe in the paranormal, most likely you've heard that aliens are typically one of the first theories when we're faced with the sudden disappearances of people, especially if early searches don't turn up any evidence of the missing person. But much like how in some early cultures, fairies were considered the ones behind sudden mood changes, illnesses, and children born with disabilities, fairies were an excuse to not have to cope with the reality that life could be hard and messy. We can say the same for aliens and the Bermuda Triangle. Reports of bright lights just aren't enough to prove that aliens are the ones abducting entire planes and boats full of people that sail or fly through the Triangle's seas or skies. Now for the rip in the space-time continuum theory. This one actually has evidence and facts to back it up. Maybe you've heard about the black holes that are scattered around stars and space in our galaxy, where our small earthen planet spins. Black holes have a gravitational pull that's so great, even light can't escape it. If you were sucked into a black hole, all senses of time and space would cease as you'd fall forever. We have actual data and research that proves black holes exist and that masses of matter in our universe can be manipulated. We know that as stars form and explode, 
they have a ripple effect on the fabric of space. This means that the Milky Way, our galaxy, is always changing. We can take this even further when we zoom in on the possibility of a space-time rip in the Bermuda Triangle. If you're a fan of the Ant-Man Marvel movies, you'll know that on our planet, quantum physics can tell us a lot about reality, and that it has the power to warp, distort, and shape it. The character Dr. Hank Pym is a brilliant and accomplished scientist who talks about how everything in our universe is made up of subatomic particles. He tells of a quantum realm, another dimension of our reality, and like black holes, it's supported by real-life science. He warns the hero of the movie, Scott Lang, that if he crosses over to the quantum realm, all concepts of time and space become irrelevant as you shrink for all eternity. Everything that you know and love is gone forever. Like with black holes, once you're pulled into a tear between the space and time continuum, like the quantum realm, there's no getting out. This could be a real possibility. So how about Atlantis and Ray Brown's supposed true encounter with the Atlantean ruins? Ray Brown's story is a total hoax. Not only did he wait a whole seven years to finally tell his story, but absolutely nothing was found in the area he claimed the Atlantean ruins were. And the crystal artifact he recovered from the ruins, he refused to let scientists examine it. He claimed to have it tested, but the people who've seen it report that it looked a lot like quartz, a popular crystal that was being sold at many New Age shops in the 1970s and is still pretty easily accessible. What about Plato's account of Atlantis? First of all, historians also say that Plato's writings place Atlantis around the Strait of Gibraltar, far from the Bermuda Triangle region. Second, they say that Plato's Atlantis tale is just that, a story, a really exciting and really entertaining story that gave people a thrilling escape from ordinary everyday life in ancient Greece. But really, there's another huge reason why we can debunk the aliens and Atlantis myth. To get there, we need to look back even further into how the Bermuda Triangle itself came to be. If you pull up a map and scan around the spaces where the oceans are plotted out, you won't see the Bermuda Triangle on a single one of them. That's because this 500,000 square mile region that stretches from the coast of Florida in the North Atlantic Ocean to Puerto Rico and to Bermuda isn't officially recognized by the U.S. Board of Geographic Names. So when and how did the Bermuda Triangle get its name? It's not what you'd expect. The first time the Bermuda Triangle appeared in print was in 1964, when Vincent Gaddis wrote a story about it for a pulp magazine. These magazines were easy to buy and were filled with fantastic science fiction, horror, and fantasy stories. It was in one of these magazines that Gaddis invented the Bermuda Triangle. It's Gaddis's words and his exciting storytelling that really gave the Bermuda Triangle its power and set it up for notoriety. It has destroyed hundreds of ships and planes without a trace, he wrote. 
Gaddis told of magnetic disturbances affecting compasses, and pilots expressing fear over having to fly over the frightening area. In his story, he even wrote a fictionalized account of the loss of Flight 19 and the British South American Airways Star Tiger and Star Ariel, complete with transcripts of their final broadcasts and interviews with people who were looking for answers. Just a few years later, in 1974, author Charles Berlitz made The Legend of the Bermuda Triangle even more popular with his best-selling book, The Bermuda Triangle. Gaddis and Berlitz's shocking stories sounded so real that many readers were quick to apply them as facts to some of the most famous maritime disasters and disappearances. All of a sudden, it made sense. People began to re-examine these cases and even retroactively changed history, whether they knew it or not, to make the flights and ships that had gone missing fit into Gaddis and Berlitz's narrative about a place that never existed. Instead, they believed with their whole being that Flight 19, the Cyclops, Star Ariel and Star Tiger, and Sylvia Osa were victims of this horrifying Bermuda Triangle. To this day, Gaddis and Berlitz's stories are often woven into the real accounts, making it hard to untangle their irresistible fiction from the impossible-to-deny facts. But today, that's exactly what we're going to do. What you might not know from paranormal pop culture that looks into the triangle The U.S. Navy and Coast Guard Board of Investigations into Flight 19 came together in a 500-page report. In that report, human error and weather were considered a big influence. Aliens and Atlantis were quickly ruled out as a possibility. According to the National Ocean Service, from the U.S.'s National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, The U.S. Navy and U.S. Coast Guard both object to the outrageous science fiction claims of disappearances. Both organizations have gone above and beyond to disprove them as hoaxes. As with the 500-page report on Flight 19, they insist ships and planes go missing because of forces of nature and human error. Here are a few examples. Environmentally and geophysically, The Bermuda Triangle has a lot working against it. The seas in and around the Bermuda Triangle are far from easy and calm. The Gulf Stream, a powerful current that's 300 times faster than the Amazon, swirls throughout the Triangle's waters. The weather is quick to change, and tropical storms, hurricanes, and even rogue waves that rise as high as 100 feet race through the region. Methane gas has been known to erupt up from the ocean floor, and the deceptively shallow waters peppered throughout the sea are treacherous to navigate, even for the most experienced sailors. One wrong move could easily damage a ship. What I think about the Bermuda Triangle is that some of it's staged, and I just really don't think it's real. Because I feel like that's something that wouldn't really happen. And if it like was a thing that everyone knew definitely happened, then it'd probably be like all over the news. But it's not. 
So this is a long shot, but I think that maybe underneath the water that we are seeing, there could be a giant hole that the planes and ships are going down into. And it's just deep enough that we haven't discovered it yet since only 5% of the ocean has been discovered. With the amount of people disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle, even though there's no way I believe in it, that is kind of bonkers. That would not happen. I'm not going over the Bermuda Triangle or in it. I do not feel safe going over or near the Bermuda Triangle because with my conspiracy on it, I don't feel like drowning. That's just, I don't want to. We can learn a lot about ourselves through unraveling the myths and legends that make up the Bermuda Triangle, starting with realizing the power of simple mistakes and human error. Both were definitely behind the loss of the Atalanta. The Times, a London daily newspaper that was well known for its accuracy and truthfulness, revealed a shocking twist in the missing boat's case. It was a criminal folly sending some 300 lads who have never been to sea before in a training ship without a sufficient number of trained and experienced seamen to take charge of her in exceptional circumstances. The ship's company of the Atalanta numbered only about 11 able seamen, and when we consider that young lads are often afraid to go aloft in a gale to take down a sail, a special danger attaching to the Atalanta becomes apparent. In other words, even though there were over 300 people aboard the ship, and it had been successfully sailing for almost a decade, its final voyage was probably its last because of how unprepared the crew was. For such a gigantic ship, just 11 actually experienced sailors isn't enough, especially when we consider the powerful and often unpredictable weather conditions in the Bermuda Triangle's region. Now for the Cyclops. What the Santa Fe magazine skipped over in their shocking reaction to the lost ship is that Captain George W. Worley had a reputation for drinking too much. His crew was very open about how they felt his tendency to get drunk, especially before and while sailing, made him unsuitable to steer a ship. There had also been a mutiny where Worley's crew tried to overthrow him months earlier. Researchers and historians believe that it was Worley's poor captainship and two other major factors that led to the ship going missing. First, the iron cargo was extremely heavy. And second, the ship was most likely over the Puerto Rico trench. The weight of the iron would have made it easy for a rogue wave to overturn the ship, sending its crew and the ship itself far below the ocean waters. Those waters are considered the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean. During that period, experts say the ship and its potential wreckage would have been irretrievable. So what about the Star Tiger and the Star Ariel? This time, mechanical error is most likely the culprit. As a company, the British South American Airways had a really bad reputation. In just three years, BSAA planes had 11 serious accidents, five entire planes were lost, and a total of 73 of their passengers and 22 of their crew members died. Yikes. Aside from BSAA's issues, in the late 1940s, airplanes as a whole weren't as safe and reliable as they are now. They were still pretty new. 
Their engines and the machinery that operate them were often faulty, and this is especially true with the British South American Airways planes. Journalists, historians, and aviation experts agreed that it was most likely the not-so-great technical design that led both planes to their what seemed to be mysterious disappearances. Real pilots who flew Avro Tudor planes for the BSAA have openly spoken out against how unsafe they were. Chief pilot and BSAA manager of operations, Gordon Storr, said, The Avro Tudor plane systems were hopeless. All the hydraulics, the air conditioning equipment, and the recycling fans were crammed together underneath the floor without any thought. Another BSAA pilot, Don McIntosh, added that the heater bled aviation fuel onto a hot tube and was also fairly close to the hydraulic pipes. Because of this design flaw, planes like the Star Tiger and the Star Ariel could literally catch fire and explode. It would happen so quickly that the pilots wouldn't have been able to call for help, even if they wanted to. What remained of the wreckage would have quickly sunk down deep below the ocean's surface, to depths that were impossible for people of the 1940s to reach. Oceanographic exploration wouldn't really start until the 1960s. And the SS Sylvia also? It turns out there was wreckage found. After days of searching around the 10,000 square miles of the ocean where the Sylvia also was believed to vanish, the U.S. Coast Guard found a lifeboat, two life preservers, a deck chair, an oil drum, and a signboard, all likely from the ship. Another cargo ship sailing from Argentina actually found a lifeboat with the Sylvia Osso's name on it. According to a New York Times article, weather conditions around the time of the SS Sylvia's disappearance were also dangerous. There were gale force winds, and the active ocean sea's waves were up to 12 feet. Even the most experienced captain would have trouble sailing through those conditions. So what about Flight 19? What probably happened with Flight 19 is this. A sudden storm set in and caused the men to lose their bearings. Because they were mixed up as to how far they were from Florida, they improperly estimated how much fuel they had left. Planes needed to refuel more often back in that time, and straying off course could be deadly when every ounce of fuel had to be accounted for in order to reach the destination. Their planes may have gone down from that, naturally running out of fuel. And that PBM Mariner seaplane that went out to rescue them but never returned? Later, a tanker ship off the coast of Florida reported seeing an explosion around the time the search and rescue was being conducted. Really, when you take those dangerous weather conditions that can change in an instant, and the challenge of navigating unpredictable waters, and then add human error to it, is it any wonder that the Bermuda Triangle has such a fearsome reputation? I get it. The Bermuda Triangle's spooky reputation, and the seemingly paranormal claims about aliens, Atlantis, and other dimensions, make for a really good story. Deciding that aliens are abducting entire ships and planes of people or that the area in the Bermuda Triangle is a place where space and time is warped, is maybe a way for us to cope with what are really devastating losses. 
The mystery of our unexplored, unmapped oceans also adds to the appeal of the Bermuda Triangle. Look at it this way. 70% of our planet is underwater. Of that, 80% of those waters are a total enigma to us. Humans are curious and always trying to learn more. Taking a minute to think about great depths in our oceans that we haven't been to is awe-inspiring and even kind of scary. If we chalk up disappearances to supernatural forces in a place that was created as a story to sell books and magazines, we don't have to think about how afraid the pilots and sailors must have felt in the moments when they knew something was wrong, or how little we know about the oceans on our planet. Whether it was being caught up in a violent storm on a ship, running out of fuel in a plane high above the waters, or realizing far too late that they've steered themselves into the path of shallow waters with jagged bits of land, if we acknowledge that weather, natural phenomenon, and human error were behind the disappearances, it means we also have to acknowledge the fear the missing people felt in those final moments. As our undersea exploration continues to grow and evolve, and we create new technology capable of reaching far beyond human limitations, we get closer to really cracking the case. We might just encounter the wreckage and remains of the countless lost ships and planes. We and the families of the lost souls might find closure and answers once and for all. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Victoria Thomas. Research done by Nate Dufort and Victoria Thomas. Produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to our guests Blythe and Bella. Thank you to our voice actors Nate Dufort, John Grills, and Randy Havens. John is the creator of the adult horror podcast, Creepy and Small Town Horror. And you might recognize Randy from his roles in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, or as our favorite science teacher, Mr. Clark, on Netflix's Stranger Things. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com.